TED Audio Collective. It's TED Talks Daily. I'm Elise Hume. If you've traveled internationally, you know this experience. Why does immigration and customs seem to take so long when you arrive at a new place? How is the process not simpler? Entrepreneur Carolee Hendricks has an idea to solve this. In her talk from the TED Monterey stage in 2021, she lays out her vision for a universal digital passport to take us beyond borders. Support comes from Zuckerman Spader. Through nearly five decades of taking on high-stakes legal matters, Zuckerman Spader is recognized nationally as a premier litigation and investigations firm. Their lawyers routinely represent individuals, organizations, and law firms in business disputes, government, and internal investigations, and at trial, when the lawyer you choose matters most. Online at Zuckerman.com. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Capital One Bank. With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Support for TED Talks Daily is from Progressive, home of the Name Your Price tool. You can say how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. It's easy to start a quote. Visit Progressive.com to get started. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I grew up in Estonia under Soviet occupation, in a country locked up behind the thick wall of the Iron Curtain. Back then, where everything, including bread, socks, and underwear, was a luxury, I did not dream about the open world. Because you see, some walls are so thick and borders so closed that even dreams and ideas can't travel. However, having lived in that level of darkness made me wonder, why are borders and movement between countries constructed the way they are? According to the World Economic Forum, human capital is the driving force for economic growth. So why are the barriers to global mobility so high? Why is the process so time-consuming, so dreadful and taunting, so very scary? And I know it's scary because I was detained at San Francisco airport for two hours just to get on the stage. It was the idea that the cross-border movement of people shouldn't be so difficult that sparked my inspiration for a future of frictionless, borderless mobility for all, regardless where they are born. We are building a universal digital identity for cross-border movement, one where people own their data and can seamlessly relocate anywhere they want with minimal friction. One which would eventually allow individuals from highly skilled professionals to refugees seeking safety to start, track, and get approval for their immigration process without having to print out a single piece of paper. And we are not alone. Companies and countries around the world have started to leverage technology in order to ease the complexity of immigration. By doing so, we are expanding opportunities across borders. And through that, helping to build a richer world. In 2017, The Economist magazine stated there's one seemingly simple policy that would make the world twice as rich as it is. Open borders. 
Economist Michael Clemens from the Center of Global Development seems to agree as he claims that barriers to immigration place one of the fattest of all wedges between humankind's current welfare and potential welfare. But you know what? The problem starts from what we call a passport, which was first introduced as a globally required travel document during World War I, slightly after Henry Ford introduced the first affordable automobiles. Today, our cars have come a long way. We have come from Model Ts to Teslas. But our passports look and work pretty much the same way as a century ago. Besides the lack of technology, there was also a flaw in the way the passport system was built. The modern passport was designed by a Western-centric organization after the First World War. It became an object of freedom for the advantaged, mostly Western countries, but a burden for others. The irony is that today the passport doesn't even help those same Western economies anymore. Because you see, when in the past a good passport could indicate a person coming from a Western country with a good education system and thus useful skills, then in 2020 the World Economic Forum reported that the top three countries where the highly educated migrants came from were India, China and Philippines which, according to 2021 Henley Passport Index, ranked among the least travel-friendly passports in the world, ranking respectively 85th, 70th and 77th out of 110. So let's take a look at a recent relocation experience by a highly skilled specialist called Ibtehal. Ibtehal is a divorced single mother with full custody rights for her kids, six-year-old boy Kenan and an eight-year-old girl, All of them are Yemeni citizens, which, according to Henley Passport Index, 2021 ranks 106 out of 110. Again, one of the least travel-friendly passports in the world. The Malaysian tech company that employed uh, Ibtehal wanted to transfer her and her family to their European office. The immigration authorities let her know that her visa would get approved, but her underage kids would not get their visas right away. Instead, she was required to travel 6,000 miles alone to the embassy to apply for her visa. Then travel back to Malaysia, wait for three months, then travel back again, this time with her kids to apply for their visas. And only after that could they all go and live in the destination country. Stories like this are not the exception. It is a pretty accurate reflection of the immigration experiences today. And this is exactly the kind of hideous problem that I want to solve. And I know it can be solved because I have seen the Estonian society transform from one of the poorest countries in the world to an open and democratic one that not only functions but thrives as a poster child for technology-driven governance and innovation. One of the keys to Estonia's success in digitalization was the focus to build one platform called the X-Road, the backbone of digital Estonia. The key to it is one digital identity for each individual that allows public and private databases to link up and operate in harmony. Estonians can do everything online other than get married or divorced. Anything from doing taxes to voting in the elections is securely done online and takes about the same time as checking your Instagram account. 
The digitalization saves Estonia a stack of paper as high as the Eiffel Tower every month. On top of that, according to Siem Sikert, the chief information officer of Estonia, the digital signature alone enables Estonia to save 2% of its GDP every year. 2% of GDP globally would be $1.7 trillion. With that amount of money, we could solve world hunger not once, but 56 times every year. That's a whole lot of money being wasted because public sectors are not adapting to existing technologies. We cannot tackle that by creating a secure, universal digital identity where all the users need to do is upload their data and documents, such as passport, marriage and education certificates, into our smart system, which then converts that data into pieces that can be matched to relevant government forms in different countries. The beauty of it is the once-only rule. The user needs to add that data once, as it is then stored for the future use. The passport was created as a mechanism to move. It is clearly time to modernize that mechanism. If we could now connect that same digital identity to government systems worldwide, our system could act as a digital passport. And with a click of a button, immigration applications are created, submitted, and digitally tracked. Imagine never to have to fill any immigration forms ever again. In order for that to happen, we need government immigration systems to enable a simple integration, which would allow us to push applications and pull back the status. Today, our system is able to do all that beautiful automation, but to get that digital information to government systems worldwide, a ton of paper needs to be printed out, and a human at an immigration office needs to type everything in again. In Germany, officials are so busy typing in applications that it can take up to a year to even get an appointment at a time where Germany is experiencing a deep talent crunch. That is not just an inefficient system, not a harmless bit of bureaucracy. It is actively working against itself. Last year, through a small digitalization with Berlin immigration authorities, my team managed to shorten a process that was 90 days into two days. Think about what a person can do in 88 days. Your passport describes you as a resident of your country. We say you're a citizen of the world. A universal digital passport, one that would go beyond borders, will take us towards the world. We're crossing borders. It's not about waste of time or waste of resources. Think about these 88 days and how much actual life can fit into it. Thank you. <laughs>